has been a while. It's good to be back. Um, there was a beautiful event tonight for ladies, Achmas Eskala, encouraging the women to participate. Emir Hashem, before you blink, you'll be marrying up your children. This organization helps a lot of families here in Los Angeles, and it's a, it's a worthwhile cause. It's a very nice event. I've been going for many, many, many years. Just going it's $54 a person, or a couple. Bailey saying it's only a person. Okay. It's, uh, and um, uh, it's catered by MGM Papers. All right, let's go. Hilchas Tvila, being that we are in the month of Adar, they never made a big uh, to do that we should get into Pura mode from the beginning of the month of Adar. And the Pura mode doesn't end by Purim, it's two months of Adar we should be connected to the theme of Purim, and you can encapsulate the theme of Purim, the mitzvah is the mitzvah of Adaloyada. Adaloyada means that we have to celebrate, we have to be in the zone in which we don't know. We don't know the difference between blessed is Mardachai and cursed is Hama. How we get there? How we get there, halachically, it can be chemically induced. So we spoke well, about this here. <laughs> the Torah the, the the advocates wine. And I'm saying wine even more than any other alcoholic beverage. The drinking of wine is the way to get there. But the goal is not how to get there, the goal is to get there. And at first glance... So the people who take naps in the afternoon... It says in halacha, you don't laugh, it says in halacha that if a person doesn't, doesn't want to get into that state, okay. one of the ways that they can celebrate Adelayada is by going to sleep. No way. Wow. Yes, why? Because your consciousness oh, So I want to clarify what the Adelayada means. Yeah. Especially when the whole sentence is Adelayada being Baruch Mardachai La'arur Haman, no one should mistakenly think that there is some virtue in not knowing between right and wrong which is what it might sound like. There is always a need to know what is right and what is wrong. A person is never allowed to get, to get into a state purposefully where they lose their sense of morality. I don't think it even sounds like that, though. What does it sound like? It sounds like both are right. In other words, if you don't know... Like blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman. Like, like... like it's all good. It's all good. All good might, might lead people to think that there is a time and place, true in moderation, true only once a year. But in that once a year, I'm allowed to get into a place where all is good. All is not good. All is That's good what I'm saying. Hashem made it good. Uh-uh. So I want to just clarify that. That's very important. All, all is good wrong, wrongfully can be interpreted as whatever I'll do is all good. That's never okay. All good as to whatever is happening in the world is all good. And it's all good because Adeloyada, Adeloyada means because I don't know, that is very good. And that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mindset that we celebrate on Purim, but it's a mindset that is ad, advocable the whole, the whole year around. The whole year around. You know, you have today's the yard site of Rabbi Elimelech of Lizensk, one of the great earlier Hasidic masters. So I would like to share a story of him. But just to give you a heads up, that what I want to bring out is Dafka, not the story. But to appreciate what I Dafka don't want to bring out, I'll bring out a, a beautiful story. What's the date today? Today is Chav Aleph Adar. And Minag 
Ashkenazim, I think Svardim as well, but I can speak for Minik Ashkenazim, and this is relevant for people who have birthdays, when people have yard sites, that if a person was born, or if there was a passing in a leap year, then there's no question as to when to mark it. Because, if it's a common year, if there's only one other, then there's only one other. If there are two others, but you are marking an event that happened in a leap year, then you just have to align it. So if someone was born in a leap year, and they were born on the second month of other, then they marked their birthday on the second month of other. Same thing in the first month of other. Same thing with the yard site. But if there was a birthday, or there was a passing, or any other date that you want to mark, but it happened, the event happened in a common year, in a Shana Pshuta, what do you do when there's a leap year? Every leap year, people have the same questions. It's amazing how our memories are. I was born Tynus Esther, so I just know his birthday is the day before Purim. Oh, so I want to tell you. Or am I wrong? Oh, you're wrong. Really? Really. Oh, we're being recorded. Oh, my goodness. Like this. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So, like this. So, first of all, whatever you have been doing, you have you have whom to lean on because okay. it is, it, it, there's a debate about it. But the conclusion is, is that we make the primary other the first other. He was born in a leap year, though. I'm oh, sure. that's different. So if it was born in a leap year, then you were 100% right, according to everyone. Okay. But if that's someone true. is born in a non-leap year, then comes a leap year. So the logic is like this. Being that the Talmud needs to justify celebrating Purim in the second other, because we want to juxtapose Purim and Pesach. They didn't consult with the wives, I promise you. <laughs> Because we're sure that the mess, the chazadai in the house on Purim, you want it further from Pesach. But aside of the technical, the practical, which is, which is the most important, but if you just want to live in the world of theory, then you want to celebrate redemption next to redemption. This is redemption, that's redemption. That's the reason why we mark Purim in other Shemi. So, so we, what do we conclude from that? What does that imply? It implies that if not for this reason, we would mark it in the first other. Because the first other is the main other. We are still in the first other. If you have a reason to do something in the second, do it in the second. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when it comes to birthdays, that the Rebbe, after the passing of the Rebbe, made a big shturim, that people should celebrate their birthdays. The main celebration should be an other aleph. If, if they were born on, on a, a common year, year, a non-leap year. Okay. If, God forbid, there's someone has a yard site to mark, they should mark it on other edition. Mm-hmm. However, being that so many other opinions say otherwise to do both. So we do both. But even when you do both, there's the Iker and then there's the, you know, there's the so primary you, and then there's the secondary. You do both for a yard site. You do both for a yard site. And here we pass it. I'll give you an example. This for men that they, ideally they're supposed to lead the prayers. So the typical Jewish healthy politics is that if you have a small minion and two people both have a reason why they want to be the leading, they want to be the chazan. So there are, there, there are halachas of precedent. Who trumps who? So yard site of the first other trumps, trumps uh, someone else. But if someone is doing the chumrah of the second other, and someone will say is within a year of mourning, then they lose. It's not as important as what we say, Kaddish two months, we make a birthday two months. So there's yeah. nothing wrong if even if it was in a non-leap year, marking a tiny assessment is okay, but you have to mark it both. Unless the birthday was during the leap year. And do something both days? Like make do, a... Do something, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I so lose my one birthday. Perfect. 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 She's happy. The first one, the main one. The second one, we also say Kaddish. We get an Aliyah. We, we will mark it both months. Oh, Knowing the wow. first one is the Iker, the second one is not the Iker. That's really hard for the family. What? Hard? Not hard. 
if someone had a passing, yeah. my nephew just passed away. I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, beginning of Adar. So that's right. Parents have to go through that twice. Don't say go through that. Uh, yeah, listen. But it's a leap year. Oh, it, it, just yeah, just now. But it's a leap year. That's a leap year. So when, so in such a case, it's clear. It's only once because no matter what, it's going to be once. During a common year, there's only one oh, month. Oh, okay, so I'm the second. Okay, so it's always the first. It's going to be the first for them, which anyways, okay. yeah, it should be, it'll be the first for them. Okay. okay, now, where am I getting at? I'm getting at to the concept of, of just the two others and the Adeloyod and the, and the spirit of Ad- Oh, so Rabbi Lebelech. So today is his yard site. Oh. Uh, oh, I gave that intro because I don't know whether he passed away in a common year, which is why you mark it today, or whether he passed away in a leap year and on the first month. Today is the yard site of Rabbi of Lizansk. He and Abzusha, this was a common practice amongst many tzaddikim, that they wanted to experience Golos, they wanted to experience the humility, sometimes the humiliation of, of living homeless. And they took upon themselves such a lifestyle. And they had uh, homes, they had families, and they would permission with their, from their spouses, they would leave, some of them for an extended period of time. I think it was by Rabzusha that after he came back like from a three-year, three-year self-imposed exile, when he came back to the city, I think it was with Rabzusha, just, I don't know the name. Let's say he had a son by the name of Moshe. So when he entered the village, he began to hear how people are saying to him for Moshe. And he thought it's his son. And he came home and he discovered that it wasn't his Moshe. It was someone else's Moshe. And he had a certain sigh of relief. And then he said to himself that after going three years in self-imposed exile, and I should give a sigh of relief that means that he was expecting of, of himself that he should be just as much in pain that someone else's Moshe Sig equal to his own Moshe. If that's after three years of exile, then the exile was not effective, vited back in exile. He's a big tzaddikam. Okay, this is not for us. It's good to hear, to be inspired, us on our levels to, to do our own work. So Elimelech and Zusha, during one of those stints, they were homeless. And in many cities in Europe, I'm sure as it is in America, maybe not in LA, then, then there are laws, there are certain areas in which you're not allowed to sleep. It's called loitering, I think, over here. Officially. Not in LA. Officially, there are laws. There are laws. So they went to sleep in a park. They went to sleep somewhere where, according to the law of Poland, of Ukraine, you're not allowed to sleep there. They were very, from a Yidin, they were, you can see that they're religious people. There was a lot of anti-Semitism. Maybe that was also, they, they, they you know, they enforce the law, they arrested them and they threw them into jail. So they're in jail and they wake up early in the morning and Zusha's crying. Elimelech tells Zusha, Zusha, why are you crying? He says, I'm crying because in, in, in those days, it's the good new days. In the bad old days, there was no plumbing. So most people had an outhouse. In a jail, today, I'm sure there's also no outhouses, but hopefully there's plumbing in a jail. No, there's a toilet is in the cell. I was, I was, that's exactly what I was saying, the but there's plumbing. So, there's, so, so uh, since there's plumbing halachically, you don't have a problem. You know, people who want to be observant in jail, they, they, they're told that they can daven in their cell room even though that the toilet is there and it's uncovered because it's clean. To the point, parenthetically, it's clean. It's clean <laughs> that many halachic authorities say that you should put up a mezuzah on your bathrooms today. We don't follow that. Because the reason why you don't put up a mezuzah is because of the, the filth. There's no dirt. It's, it's clean. And in many homes, the bathroom is cleaner than the rest of the home. <laughs> you keep it clean. Anyway, here there was no plumbing, so there was a bucket. 
and there's halachas if you're, you are within a certain distance of waste and aside of the distance if there's the stench you're not allowed to say God's name so Zusha is crying that he can't daven so Elimelech says why are you crying he says I'm crying that I can't daven so Elimelech tells Zusha why do you want to daven he had the priority you, you want to daven because you want to do what God wants from you Right? It's not about you having your spirituality. It's because you want to do what God wants. The same God who t- tells you daven every day, the same God told you and told me that if there's a bad odor, you're not allowed to daven. So not davening is just as much as connecting to God than davening. Oh, Zusha hears this. That was Elimelech's chap. So Zusha says, you know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah, my davening was selfish. It's not about me, it's about God. And for God, it's God wants this, I'm doing what God wants the other, I'm doing what God wants. God is getting nachas from me. Regardless, God is getting what God wants. And he becomes so inspired that he starts to dance. And Elimelech danced with him. And then the Hebron and the jail, the other people there, they're inspired, two Jews. It's comical and it was inspiring. And they're, they're, and they're dancing around the bucket. So the, so, the, so the guard or the warden, whoever was there, was, was, a, was a cruel person, as many of them sadly become. And it bothered him that people are happy. So he asked the Hevra, what's what are those two Jews dancing about? Says, They're dancing. I don't know exactly what. It's something about that bucket. <laughs> so he says, yeah, the bucket is making them happy. He so went in there. He took away the bucket. Now they get took away the bucket. And then he said, no, I'm going to die. That's yeah. a nice story. <laughs> a great story. No, I'm giving an intro because it's like a great when something not positive is happening, and then you get to see, wow, everything worked out, and you say, you know what, there's a God in the world. That's nice. The reality pre-Mashiach is, is that this very rarely happens. And, and the, the, the celebration of Adeloyada, and the Rebbe once spoke that the celebrating, getting into the zone of Adeloyada, not with the wine, but getting into the zone spiritually is sometimes pre-Purim even more important than post-Purim. Because what was the story of Purim? The story of Purim was, is that, is that terrible things were happening. Something that appeared good ended up being bad. Amish. The, the Jews were so prominent. The fact that Mordechai was a minister, the head of the Sanhedrin, that would have been tantamount in our lifetime. Let's say that the Rebbe... That our Rebbe would have been a big minister in the U.S. government. It's, it's not precedented that the biggest tzaddik becomes a high official. He was a high official before the story of the miracle. Mordechai was, was a minister. It was, we felt logically that was so good. Now we're safe. Now we have such a Jew, so high in power, so high in government, we're protected. What turned out? The opposite. The opposite. Who knows what brought about it? The fact that Mordechai was there, the fact that Mordechai saw Haman, because Haman was also, and Mordechai didn't bow down, it bothered Haman. Haman got angry. Haman made a decree against us. If Mordechai wouldn't have been so high in the government, we would have been uh, humble, we would have been unnoticed. You know, being unnoticed sometimes is good. And then when things looked terrible, and it looked bad, we discovered later what looked bad was really good. Mamash, everything. Haman makes a, 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 a noose. He makes a, whatever you call that, a tree to hang a, a, yeah. a gallow. Terrible thing. He made the gallow. That gallow was used to hang Haman. What happened, Purim, was after the story, we looked back and we realized, you know what we realized? That I don't know. That we don't know. When events are happening, what I do, I need to know. I need to know what I'm doing. I have to do the best that I could. 
I'll pee my seichel, I'll pee my minutes. <laughs> to feel it out is what I'm, my decision. Is that ethical? Is it halachically acceptable? Is it midustoivis or not? I have to know. There's never a time that I'm out of that responsibility to do my best to know. But that's only when it comes to me making my choices. Everything else in life, everything that happens to me, from people that I know, from people that I don't know, things that are happening in the world. The message of Purim is, is that we don't know. It's not, of course, we always know that Mardukhai is blessed and Haman is cursed. But what that means is, when something appears to be amazing, a Mardukhai, a Tzadik, you don't know. When something appears to be horrible, you don't know. It's very easy to live with that when the miracle happens. And then when you look back and you say, wow, Taka, there is a God in the world. And there was this invisible hand. And in the darkest of moments, really, it was God's doing. And I know now, beautiful, halabai, it should happen to all of us. And that's going to be part of the Mashiach, that the Messianic era will be the time that not only in the present, but in the past, we're going to thank God for the moments, for the times that things appeared bad to us. Can you imagine? Now it's impossible to fathom that. Adel Yada, before the miracle, the Jews were almost a year under the, under the sword. They knew that genocide. They knew that if they will convert, they have a free pass. Amazing. If they would have converted, they would have gotten saved. You know what kind of Nisayin that is? Not an individual. You have kids. You have young children. And you're told, if you convert and become a Baha'i, whatever they were, you become a uh, pagan idol worshiper, then you'll be fine. If you're going to stay faithful to Judaism, then not a single member of your family will stay alive. And Jews did not convert. Jews stayed loyal to the Yiddish God. They didn't know. They didn't know what's going to be. And, and, and they had, that's the story of, of the Megillah, that Mardachai inspired not only faith, but he inspired Betachem. You know, you can just say the way the Rebbe words it. Emunah is, a, is, a, is an idea, is a belief. Betachem is a feeling. Betachem means to feel safe, to feel calm, to feel certain and secure that it's God's world. That's a very, very high madrega. You know, there's, a, there's people, many people know the Gordon family. Rabbi Yechimim Gordon comes from the city of, of Dukchitz. And whoever knows the Gordons, I know at least from the guy's side, we hear about Dukchitz until it comes out of your ears. But they have stories from their village and, and they have Gavaldika stories. Dukchitz was a, was a city in, 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 in the depths of Russia that when the Nazis invaded, they, they reached there. And as the Nazis did in all of the areas later in the war, they didn't take the Eden from Russia to concentration camps. They killed them all right there. That's what happened, sadly, in, in Russia and in Ukraine. So but, uh, the Gordon family, for whatever reason, in the early 30s, decided to relocate to the United States, and they were saved, all of them. But the city of Dukchitz got, got, got killed by the Nazis. And Abyechen and Gordon relayed, and this is relayed, and you hear this, maybe Josh shared the story many times. The story is like this, is that in the city of Dukchitz, all the way until the end, the Rav there was a Yid by the name of Rav Leib. I think his name was Arya Leib Shaiman. He, he learned in Lubavitch, Yeshiva in Lubavitch. He was a very unique holy Jew, the way a chassid should really be. Arya Leib Shaiman. And, and by us, by Chabad, we're very Hamish. We call him Reb Leib. That was his name. Reb Leib, the Rav of Dukchitz. All of the Jews in Dukchitz got burnt alive in the synagogue. They gathered everyone, the men, women, and children, and then they surrounded it with wood and they burnt it down. Uh, just a side note, many shuls, many shuls, most of the shuls were built out of wood 
Bedavke, Bedavke historians say, is because from when the Jews began to settle in Eastern Europe, because of the Emunah, that Mashiach is going to come, and we're going to take all of our shuls with us to, to the Holy Land, many shuls were not built with a single nail. There's a whole history about that. They were built with pegs in order for them to be dismountable. Amazing concept. And those shuls could have stood for hundreds of years. But Yidin knew that if Mashiach comes now, we're taking it apart and we're taking the wood, we're taking the shul with us to Eretz Yisrael. So it was a wooden structure. And, and the Yidin were gathered in Dakshits. Rableib was there. Rableib, they say, he was davening. He used to daven very long. So when the Nazis entered that village and they gathered all of the Jews, the men, women, and children, everyone in, in the shul, for a while he wasn't even aware of it. That's how engrossed he was in his davening. But at a certain moment he realized what's happening. And the shul was surrounded and everyone was in there. And the, in many, many homes in Eastern Europe or in the old world, they had what's called a potato basement. They used to store certain vegetables. Certain vegetables, probably, they have longer shelf life if they're put in the ground. Somehow they didn't take root, however that worked. So it was a common thing. You had a very, it's called a shallow basement. The few surviving Jews were Jews that fit into the potato basement there. And they were the testimonies of what happened. So Rableib realizes they're about to get killed by the Nazis. So he gets up there and he gave his final speech. And he told the Jews, the whole, the whole city, that, that when a sacrifice is brought on the base of Mikdash, the intent of the Koyin, the intent of the owner is town to mount. And our kavana, our machshava, these are technical halachas of sacrifices. If the, if the kavana is not perfect, it can diminish the, the effectiveness of the sacrifice. So he says that being that God is choosing for all of us to be sacrifices, that we have to have right kavana, that we have a schus, that we're all going to die, Kiddush Hashem. And he began to sing the song of Akafis, the Lubavitch Negan. Ay, ay, ay. He began to sing Akafis Negan. And he was so inspired that people began to sing with him. The Nazis heard singing inside. Now, this is a very sad ending. And it bothered them that they're singing. So, this is what was witnessed. The Nazis entered the shul, they stabbed him to death. They went outside and they burnt the whole shul down. And not, not, no one that was above ground survived that, that fight. And there were three or four hidden in that little basement. Somehow they didn't die from smoke inhalation. That they walked out and ultimately they came and they met Rabbi Yechanan, who was the gabai of the previous Rebbe. So he tells Rabbi Yechanan, when he was sharing the story, that sadly Rabbi Leib, at the end, in Yiddish, as a Rabke Gangen von Zinnen, in Yiddish it means he went down with his mind. He went, he, he cracked up, he broke. That's, that, that was his perception, that if a Jew was about to witness the whole community getting burnt alive and he begins to dance besimcha, as a rab from the Zinnen. So Rabbi Yechanan heard the story, Rabbi Yechanan says, no, he didn't go Arab from the Arab, he didn't go down with his mind. He went beyond his mind. That's the Adol Yadr. He reached a level in which he acknowledged that we have no understanding of what's happening. We don't know. And we don't know, and therefore what? And therefore, I have to have, first the emuna. I have to believe that it's God's world. We all believe in it until we go outside the door. The moment reality hits you, the biggest challenge to emuna is reality. 
The emuna that God is running the world. Not 90%, not 95%, but every little thing that's happening was custom made by God to me. We all heard those words. We all say those words. We believe in it. But it's constantly being challenged. Always, every day it's going to be challenged. And big things and little things. There are things that mamish don't make sense. The story doesn't make sense. How can God allow for that to happen? No one knows the answer. No one should have an answer that ever said. Norvas Adelayada. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, whatever I know, I know. Whatever I don't know, I don't know. I in the big part, we know nothing, mamish. And and still having bitachin, which means bitachin doesn't mean to believe. Bitachin means that you feel confident, you feel sure, you feel safe. Because it's I'm in God's world, God is the Balabayit, that's that's Adaloyada. And that's a very high madrig. And that is the real celebration of Purim. That's why it's the greatest celebration. Because when a yid reaches a level where Adaloyada, then why would you not be Basimcha? Most of us by nature were joyful people. A person has a reason why they're not Basimcha. Just don't know, you don't give a reason to be joyful. Look at a child, you don't have to give a reason. A child, but you're alive, you're happy. When people are not happy, the question is, what is bothering you? What, what, you know, you're being suffocated. What's suffocating your joy out of your life? And the more emunah and betachan a Jew has, the more they'll have access to simcha. Because we come to a point when we acknowledge that we tack it, don't know, we don't understand what's happening. Now, all this is connected to Shemana Esrei, and every day we say it. So in, in Shulchan Aruch, one of the most beautiful prayers of the Shemana Esrei is Moedim. Moedim, it's a very powerful prayer. means that I'm moedim to you. Moedim means I acknowledge that I don't know. When we say moedim, we're supposed to bow down. In the Shemayin Esri, there are only four times that we bow down. In the first, in the beginning of the first, in the beginning of the of the first blessing, and at the end of the first blessing, and then we're supposed to bow down when we say the words moedim, and at the end of this bracha, only to the exclusion of all the other brachas. Bowing down sometimes is not looked at positively. Why is bowing down sometimes not looked like at something positively? Because the reason why Hashem made the physical body in a way that we stand upright, which is almost not natural, just we're used to it, because Hashem wants to show the human being that our head is meant to be over the heart, meaning that, that the mind has the power to direct the emotions of the heart. We're not meant to be without a heart, but we are not supposed to allow emotions to guide our lives because emotions have no morality, emotions have no ethics. That's a big principle in Tanya. That's why when people feel things that they know is sinful, they shouldn't beat themselves up because it's not your fault. You had no freedom of choice over that. The freedom of choice is whether you're going to give continuity to that. But emotions are just emotions. Emotions are animals. You can't get upset. That an animal's an animal. When you look at an animal killing in nature, you don't say, bad, you bad lion. You say, wow. You know, that's nervous that we have the power to direct it. The head is over the heart. However, bowing down is an act in which I acknowledge that my head is not serving me. I don't know. When I don't know, or if I acknowledge that your knowledge is greater than my knowledge, that's why you bow down in front of a ruler, it's not what my mind will dictate, it's what your mind will dictate. It's what you will tell me to do. Give a bow down. So when we say Moedim, we're supposed to bow down. 
Now, we bow down twice by Dishwan Asli. We bow down in the beginning, we bow down at the end. Bowing down at the beginning is the bowing down that we all do in the beginning of life. It's the bowing down that younger people, like ourselves, we're still younger people, when we say that everything that happens is for the good, then we believe God is running the world, we have to say that. But it was never really challenged. The bowing down at the end, that's a person who goes through life. And then every person has a couple of events that really challenge this, 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 this amuna that we believe. So the person might not lose their amuna, but they can lose their betachin. They're not going to feel confident. They're going to have... They're going to have a vacuum. They're going to be anguished because God allowed for this to happen and God allowed for that to happen and uh, the easiest answer is there's no God. Then everything is answered. So it's tempting to go there. No, there is a God and there is Ashgah HaPratis. The greatest bowing is the bowing at the end. Oh, so we're supposed to bow down and then it says, listen to these words, whoever does not bow down when they say the words, the person's spinal cord, Becomes a snake seven years after they pass away. Oh my God. One second, is that good or bad? I don't know. Is this the mitem in the repetition as well? No, uh, it could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One second. If you don't say it, I think you're off the hook. When you're saying it, then you have to bow down. Okay, how far? I mean, <laughs> 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 Okay, so... Okay, you can repeat it, please. I didn't understand what you read. Yes, please. Whoever doesn't bow down by Moedim, Shidrato, Naase Nachash, Laachar Zayin Shanim, Achar Moto. What? Yes, okay, good. That after the person passes away, seven years later, what used to be the spinal cord comes back to life. So all but the snake that we see outside, no, maybe no, it was a Hashidra of all ah. people that are dead? Could be, some of them. <laughs> so there's bowing down when people go to the floor. Okay, so, ah. so when it comes to the details that are not written over here, when the Gemara speaks about bowing down, mm-hmm. like in anything else, there is a need for modesty. And modesty always is the biggest, is the biggest balancing act. Because overly bowing down is not considered modest. Like, look at me. Like, wow, you see how I'm chuckling when I'm bowing? I'm bowing down all the way to the ground. So that's the challenge. The Rebbe was minimized the bowing down. And you can watch many videos of the Rebbe. It's, I mean, it's discernible. But you can see how the Rebbe is minimizing it. Lowering your head. It's supposed to, it, it, the words are, no, no, you don't lower that, you bow down from the waist. You're supposed to bow down to the point that all of the vertebras, they, they open up a little bit. That's a, that's a, it doesn't have to be a large bow. And then there's details. After you bow down, when you go back up, your head has to go up first, like the movement of a snake. So you go down like this, and then, and then the head, look at that. Lahavdil a thousand times. I'm excited over here. It's a, it's a very big deal. Okay, I just want to speak about what's the snake. It is. Because the snake is a sign of many things. Yeah. But the snake, the Nachash HaKadmoini, is so to say the root of sin. And there's some sort of association as the root of sin comes from not being moidim to God. Or, to word it differently... The Nachash was forced to be on the floor. The Nachash originally originally had some sort of freedom of choice. Let's go with the Pshat. Like we have for bowing. And the the Nachash did not acknowledge the order that God put into the world. 
And he lost his, he was also taller. There's a certain Satan. And part of, it begins, it begins with the sense of lo yada, that the, the Jewish mindset, the healthy mindset for all mankind is to not only to believe in a God, and it's a whole different life, but it's to believe that God is the master of the world, which is Hashgach Pratis. That's the mitzvah of the oneness of God. I'm telling you, many people believe in God. They're not challenged with that. Okay, they believe in God. But God is over there. I have no, God is God. I'm, I'm, I. The challenge is Hashgach Pratis. The challenge is God's mastery over the world. And believing that it's all for the good. And, and believing that it's part of God's plan. Don't say yeah, it's for, good, it, no, for God's good. That it's a kind plan. I know that's right. He's not torturing us. Correct. You know. <laughs> you say the word torture. That God. That <laughs> it, <laughs> possibility. No, <laughs> part of the so, plan. You know, sometimes you think like, oh well, you know. God forbid. Maybe it's, Don't even God say God it. Forbid, okay. But, you know, so all of that, all of that is, all of that is not, 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 not healthy, not true, and also not healthy. Okay. And, and we begin with Maidim. And it's so meaningful. That means that we, Maidim doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to make my effort to make my circumstances the way I think is good for me. That's the whole Shemana essay. We're asking for every detail. But at the end of making all of your asks, and we are hoping that if something is, in my opinion, not good, make it better. And we have that responsibility, but we have to, we have to make a Maidim. And then there is Maidim verbally, and then the Maidim is so internalized that your body bows down. The Rebbe explained that the reason why elderly people, by nature, they, 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 they hunch over is because when a person gets older, they internalize the Maidam Anachmelach. Which they are acknowledging that there's something greater happening in the world and we are part of that plan. Not that everything, the whole world is serving my plan. That's the... Very much the same word. So I was never told to bow down. By Moida Ani, you don't have to bow down, but... If you remember that the Friedrich Rebbe said that he was taught that when he says Maida'ani, he should bow his head down. Not only that, he puts his hands together. We spoke about that. And either he puts it to the side, something like that, and you put your head down. Okay, so that's something that when people hear it for the first time, especially the hands together, yeah, the going, like we put the hands to the side, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when the guy here, she's heard, like, Chabad. We're a little off-center. Towards the left. Correct. Right. Correct. Because I've been to Lubavitch schools and non-Lubavitch schools. Yep. Yep. And even amongst Lubavitchers, like, not everyone does it. You don't have to do it. It's not in the Shulavitch. One thing. If something is not in the Shulavitch, it means you don't have to do it. Right. It's a minute. It's a minute. These minhagma are very, very old. The Rebbe says that it was a minute to celebrate your birthday amongst all of the great Jewish leaders. No one knew about it. The Rebbe says the time came to reveal it. He didn't make up something new. It was a minute to make a celebration, Dafkin. Not that a day of introspection was always. But to make a celebration, making a celebration almost was, it fits into today's world where everything is about me and look at me, a picture of me, my birthday. It, it, it was looked at as something very selfish. But that's the, that's the Mashiach era. Obviously, we're living in the Mashiach era. Coming into Mashiach. Not <laughs> about me, guys. But the same thing about um, Modim, it's also being bittle. You know? Oh, yeah. It's all about bittle. That's, Modim is bittle. But it's not a, it's not a uh, theological bittle. It's not an intellectual bittle. It's such a level of bittle that the body bows down. In other words, that's the goal. The goal is not only to have certain belief systems, which we begin out with, but then do we internalize it? We try to, but then life pushes against it. 
Maidim is that the, your body is bowing down, and if you don't bow down, then you're connected to the Nachashakad Maidim. That's, that's the beginning of the rebellion against God. God, you're not the master. God, you have your plan. I have my plan. You don't want me to eat from the fruit. I do want to eat from that fruit. You want to, Adam should be married to Chava. The Nachash says, I want to be married to Chava. I mean, there's different, there's different agendas. That I, 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 I'm allowing myself to have my own agenda it means I'm not in a state of Moidim to God. So that's the connection that if you don't bow down, so you're connected to the to the Nachashakad Moidim. Okay, I have a kind of a question. I have this experience lately where if I'm going through something emotionally or something is going on and I, I really have to work through it, as soon as it's over, I realize that maybe I didn't work hard enough while I was in that place. Do you know what I mean? Like the transformation wasn't like a complete transformation. Okay. And they say like when, you know, Gullis is over, we're going to look back and we're going to say, what a pity. I should have worked. Yeah, what a pity that I didn't work harder. Hmm. So when you're going through something, the Bitachon almost... Why is down, fight in a What is the fight? What are we supposed to be doing actively when we're in a kind of a situation? We're, speak, we're focusing on Bitochen. Bitochen means that I have to challenge myself. When I'm undergoing a challenge in life where things to me appear not to be going. How do we maximize? One second. First of all, I have to do everything within my power to make things better. That's very so now, it's a, all levels. Everything. I daven for it, I make an effort, I go to work, I bring knock on doors. It's very important. After I did everything that I could mm. to make it be what I think is good, mm. being that I can, if I can tell myself, okay, I did my part, now it's not, it, it, I have to feel the confidence that you feel when you have a $10 million in your account, financially, they, they calm them. We should all know what that feels like, like, wow, things are good. That's what a person with real bitachin were to feel at that moment. Okay. So they would feel confident. Why would they feel? Oh, who? Why? Because after they did everything. After they did everything. Very good. Why? Because because I have God in my bank. Because it's God's world. Yeah. It's in the hands of God, and everything is is part of God's plan. And not only that, the Rebbe says that it's not that it's God of God's plan. So whatever is meant to happen will happen. That bitachin means that when we decided which we should, that a good scenario under the circumstances is for X, Y, and Z to happen, I have to have betachen that X, Y, and Z will happen. Even though I decided that that is what should happen. I have to be confident that's going to happen. But while you're waiting for things to happen, what is the spiritual work that we're... How do you... Not to have a doubt. Not to have a doubt that it can that's, go the other that's way. The whole, that's, that's the a whole big, that's a, that's a big work. It's a big work. In other words, I, 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 I want to use an example of Rubashka. That when you have a Jew in jail... Yeah. People that go to jail, side of, not, the bathroom is in the room, is that if you are in jail for a short amount of time, it doesn't have a very deep psychological effect on you. Once a person is in jail for whatever that time, right. X amount right, of weeks, right, right, right. the person becomes institutionalized. Yeah. In order for the person to survive, there is a very important <laughs> internal shift that happens within the person. And then, ultimately, when that person is let out, such a person can never right away yes. properly integrate within society. It's not possible. Yes. This guy, Robashkin, was freed out of jail. The night he left out of jail, he had koyach to fabreng the whole night, oh. to go to 50 places, oh. to speak to people, to get online. Is he mentally... You, you know what? It meant... Mamish, which means... that That's why he people are so inspired him. Is that he had such bitachen every day that he's getting out, he never felt like he never, he never got he never got institutionalized. Okay. That his wife kept his kapote in her car wow. because she's going to pick him up. Wow. You have to understand so the mindset of a person. 
he never considered himself to be there. He, he's being tested to see if he has a Muna that he's getting free today. So he never got broken inside. That's called bitach. That's a bitach big thing. isn't only in prison. It's once you come out to have Everything. the ability to not be traumatized. And he was. He's not. He's not traumatized because he was. He never went through a trauma. It's like it's like if you put yourself into jail when you when when, when you go to Alcatraz. I don't know. I went there when I was in a yeshiva, and they and they locked me in the room for a second. I didn't freak out. Because you knew you were getting, you're getting right. Right. Yeah, yeah, many years ago, it was in the eighties. Yeah, oh my gosh. And then it was a museum, and then you went in there with yeah. your thing phone, and they, and they went and you went in, then they closed the door on you. Right. I wasn't I wasn't traumatized because I wasn't in jail. I was going to a museum. Oh my goodness. So yeah, and uh, they put me here for a moment for me to have this experience. Yeah. That was his mindset. Got to come to a museum. <laughs> he used to say, "I'm in a place called jail. I'm not in jail." Wow. I'm in a place that for other people is jail. That's what he's and, he, and not only he said it, but there's an emis to it. That's why people are our taka should be unbelievably inspired. I mean, those like people that just aren't, you know, on that incredible, incredible madrega. Oh. I mean, I went to the Jewish museum here, the Hamdi Lula. I went down to the basement and I heard the story of one woman who gave birth and they and I was it was I was I mean so some people are lucky that they don't carry trauma or they're not, but for those of us that are not on that level. So that's, that's our avoidant. That's our avoidant. Yeah, our avoidant so does... How, how do you, you... So you were assuming that this concept of like not being broken? Or the, okay, so... And, for the, and if you were broken... So broken. going forward... One second, going right. forward... No, no, no. Going <laughs> forward, I think I think that the words... You're giving me anxiety. No, I... To take, to take the words, to so take these words that we all believe in. These are not my words. These are the words of the Chavis Halavavas. These are the words of the Torah. That we have to have a Muna and Betachin, that God is, a, God is the Balabayit and every detail and it's all from God and I have to have Shurkan. First of all, once a person at least has a Muna, I think most of us have a Muna. Now I have to challenge myself. Okay, am I experiencing that? But Rabbi Zainz, I've been wondering... You know, I just want to add one thing, Rami. I, I, if you take the Chavis Halavavas, Take Pedic Rishon, the first chapter. And you have this very well translated in English. It's very short. First chapter of Chavis Alavos. And just read it every day. It's going to take you one minute or less. But while you read it, so it's a technique for me, that when you read it, there's a, there's a, there was, one of the earlier Rishon wrote an elaborate explanation of the mitzvahs that are of the emotional nature. It's called the chayvas, the obligations of the heart. Because most mitzvahs, if you want to know how to keep the mitzvah, open up the book, you know, like we say, make the coffee like this, make the coffee like that. You have the manual of how to do is relatively easier. It's a crazy manual. It's a very detail-oriented. But, but if you follow the details, you know what you're supposed to do. But what she was asking is, when there's a mitzvah, to have this level of, bitachin is an emotion. So first of all, what, what emotion are we supposed to feel? So first we have to know what we're supposed to feel. Then the next question is how to feel it. I think that if a person were to read what they're supposed to feel, and only while they're reading it, they're making an effort to feel it, to feel it at least that's a path. Because it's detail-oriented, it's not too long, it's something readable, you can make a copy. So yeah, where do we get that? Like if I have a print it out because I have a Chavis Alavavas that I modified a little bit in a good way because in the first chapter he's not connecting it to God. He's speaking about just the, he's defining the Midah of Betachen. That it's, it's a feeling of sure confidence that the person in whom you trust, you're so confident that they'll take care of you that you feel secure, you feel safe, you feel betach. 
but it's not connected to God. Then later on, he says that has to be directed to God. If you just reword it a little bit, I can, I can, I can send you a copy of the reworded one with God. At least you know what you're supposed to feel. It's, it's when you're reading it. I think it's easy to tap into that uh, feeling. But bitachon, sometimes yes. you know that you are in bitachon, and you know that God did that, and you know that. You feel, do you feel it? Do you feel safe? But no. Then, 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 then that person doesn't no, have to talk no, have a moon. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay. You know that what's happened is for a good reason. You know that all your life nothing had, even that hard stuff happened that is not coming bad and it will be for a good and every, everything is changed. But after you, you get some shock, it's hard for yes, you yes. to, 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 to feel that. I agree that. with you. 100% you're right. So that's why that's the that's the challenge. In other words, that our belief system, some of it is always being challenged. Bitachin is always being challenged. And Muna, the way I understand the moon is never being challenged. Can't believe in God. But to say that I'm safe, I'm secure, to, to feel that, a person with bitachin will never feel fear. The Balshemtov as a kid walked in the woods and he didn't have fear. Who who can do that? But that's external. What about internal? What about feelings the feelings? What about the things that we cause? I have less fear in what obviously I, I have less fear in what Hashem is doing to me as to what I'm doing to myself and to Hashem's world. Then, then have a lot exactly. of fear. Exactly. Then not fear. Right. So can we break things? You know, then, no, that, then fear, that fear, that the fear, that fear of your own actions. Depends you know? how, depends how much trauma, but a healthy amount of trauma will keep me in check. Yeah. That means if I feel safe with myself. Yeah. I'm the big tzaddik, I'm in big trouble. There was, I'll finish with this, there was a kind gadol by the name of Yechanan. Yechanan kind gadol. He was a kind gadol for 80 years. Can you imagine? That means that even oh, if he became a kind gadol when he was bar mitzvah, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was 93 years old, many wow. people say, there's a machlekes, that this was the Yechanan kind gadol. You know what happens when he was 93 years old? He became a tzaduki. Right, so like tzaduki means he became from the earlier Hebrew Christians. Right. How can that happen? <laughs> How can that happen? So Hasidim say that Saduki, which means someone who began to believe in whatever they believed in, basically they were going into the New Testament, is that he considered himself a tzaddik. That after 80 years, he said, you know what? I'm a tzaddik. I'm safe. Or, or he knew as opposed to tying it back in. He didn't. No, he, he, was, too, he was too confident in himself that he's not able to sin. And that's why he felt. In other words, if there is a place to have anxiety or fear, is to, I should be afraid of my of myself. That's not helping me. <laughs> so what do you do? Like, how do you? How do you? How do you? By knowing live? that. I mean, it's crazy. One second, one second. Okay, so we let me go. Controls that Hashem is controlling. Well, you know, certain people they can't drive over a bridge. Why? Yeah. Because they are afraid that if they drive over the bridge, they're going to drive off the bridge. Right. So I guess if a person has that mishigas too strong, they have to go see a professional. Right. Well, that fear is unhealthy. Right. But when a person doesn't have that madness, but they know that, listen, you're driving a car, be, beware. Yeah. You're driving, you can hurt someone. That's a healthy amount of fear. Right. If you have no fear, then you're a big danger. Right. So it's about, it's, about, it's about how much fear. I don't know what level of fear. If I'm making you feel worse, <laughs> then, then, you know, then, you know, then don't drive over the bridge. No, I just want to, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm, that I'm um, not taking life too lightly. And when there are hardships, I want to make sure that I'm growing as much as I could possibly grow from within them before the opportunity is over. This is my big thing right now in life. But I want to make sure that when I when I feel pain about something, that I'm really letting it change me. How about when you feel joy? <laughs> when I feel joy, joy is easier for me. Does it change you? 
Does joy change me? Why? Do, no, it's, I I joy like the mindset, the but don't don't apply it to pain. No, but it's it's like the after, one experience. Joy is easy. Joy is very easy for me. It hurts because when you're going through you something know? hard, you could feel paralyzed. So when you're happy, you do feel different. You're more motivated. That's good. You want to do things. That's of course good. It makes you feel different. It doesn't I don't know if it changes a person. It might it might it might change the way you're you the way you see yourself or other people see you because it makes a big difference to you when you're happy. That's correct. No, what, what, what she is saying is, is that she wants to make sure that she's not escaping life. Right. Because many people, when they are in pain, the way, the way they cope is they go into their heads. And then you're missing your own life. You're missing your own life. There's a good thing in it. Correct. Wasn't Joy and Tanya yesterday? Oh, no, no. Tanya is very painful these days. Now it's the Musa. It's the topic of joy. Because it has to be a balance. Because to give that share when things are painful, that would be overwhelming. I was listening to something different. And it was saying that basically people are running after joy in life. But really, joy doesn't come in this world. Joy comes in the next world. Now we're supposed to find meaning. It's like not about just looking for happiness, right? We're not looking for it's a byproduct of growth. Okay. No, okay. But can you talk a little okay, bit about joy transforming you if you if we're trying to do the negative of of, of, tra- of pain transforming us? Laws of attraction. So go can you go further with that? The, the Al describes joy, simcha. Let me use the word simcha. Simcha is just like physically, if a person is not well, one of the first things doctors will do is they're gonna check your pulse. The stronger the pulse, it's a sign that there's more life force in you. Joy is spiritual life force. People that lack joy, it's an indication that they are disconnected from their life. That's the opposite of joy is depression. Depression is I can't move. I'm dead. I'm spiritually dead. It is physical. If you visit someone in the hospital, sure. they're, if they're happy, they have a much higher percentage rate. In other words, survival. the link between the physical and the, and the spiritual is something that today was proven scientifically. Well, Correct. Yeah. Do us Hashem Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so, 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 just linking it all to what we're learning, one of there are many reasons why people might not be in the state of joy. There are four general reasons that Al Tareb goes through in Tanya. The first one encompasses people who have legitimate material challenges. And what are the legitimate material challenges? Bana, chaya, umazayna. Children, it means that they don't have children. Chaya means health. And mazaynas, panasa. No, as if a person is challenged in any one of these three or in all of these three, that's a legitimate um, reason to, to feel, uh, to feel, how can I be joyful? How can I be joyful if someone is ill? And the antidote to that is a munan bitachim. That's what the Alter Rebbe says. That means that after I did everything I could to take care of the illness, to go to the right doctor, to get parnosa, after a person who doesn't have children, they went to the doctors, whatever you need to, after you do everything you can do, then to have the joy in the knowledge that I'm living in God's world. This is God's script, not my script. If we would feel that, we would not lose our joy. Because like, like you're saying, the joy is not coming from the happy things. The joy is coming from the knowledge that this is part of God's plan. And if I could be a king or queen amidst that gullus, then imagine okay. you're in the king's palace. Then you're... Then you're really We're in the, I would say more that we are already in the king's palace. Okay. We're in God's world. That I'm in God's world and I'm, 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 paying, I'm playing but out I mean my part. I in an ideal utopian world where there is no wrong. I feel like if we could be 
hundred percent here or close to it, like in a very okay. happy. Then by the time okay. we get there, it's like you see, I really was that, not just no one. Is, no one is rushing. No one is ride. rushing to get there. No, but you, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, I know what I you're saying. Like if, um, if Let's think about now that our goal is to to do everything we could to make things better, and after I did that, to completely feel experience how this is God's plan. This is God's plan. It's not an accident. It's not, it could have been, it should have been, had only that happened. That's blasphemous. No, this is exactly the way it has to be. I asked this very question to Rabbi Yitzhak Ginsburg, you know, the Kubo. Yeah. Can I share what he sent me back in the answer? It's very pertinent to this. Go ahead. One of the foundations of Hasidus, light banishes darkness. One must identify with the light of Torah and spread the light. This relates to another fundamental teaching, think good, it will be good, positive thinking. Light appears in our thought and our consciousness, and light is good and makes things good. Certainly Hashem directs every step of our lives, but He wants us to do everything in our power to improve our lives and the lives of all around us. Try not to pay attention to negative types, avoid all contact with them, and just be involved in shining light. There you go. And to ask for God, but why God? Asking for God why is normally futile. What means futile? means God doesn't answer us. God doesn't answer this question. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think there's a tachlit in knowing why. I'll tell you more than that. If you know why some bad thing is happening, you know what the downside, you know what the problem with that is? Because if you know why, if you would know why the Nazis did what they did, then you would be on the Nazi side. I don't want to be on their side. Or maybe because you killed also. It's, it's the wrong question. We don't need to know why. We need to make things change to the best of our understanding of how things should be. That means if, I, if, if in my understanding things should not be here, they should be here, then I have a responsibility to do everything I could to put it there. And I have to be honest with me that I really did everything I could to go over there. And now, if it's here, it's what God wanted. And to be completely at ease, to be calm. How we behave within that condition. To become, if I can reach a level of calmness, I mean, that that that, that above nature, really. That's a big madrega. Mm-hmm. So one way to get there is by getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, I think that that in itself is an idea that we are acknowledging that we're not sadiqin. But you know what? That when you have a person who's a drunk, I'm not saying no one should get drunk. Only on Purim when it's permitted. How it's permitted? But you, it's very telling. Certain people get drunk and they become animals. Yeah. Right. Right. And certain people become drunk, and it comes out of soul. Yeah, lovely, they be, they lovely. become they become godly, and they become giving. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> so put them is the time that at least when we get shaken, we should say to God, "I'm happy with the way things are, because it's your world." I it doesn't feel all right. It doesn't look all right. I don't understand why. Adalayada, but it's you, God. It's not random. It's not an accident. That's 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 the that's the spirit of other.